Welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's. Hello. What was that? It was me. Why was it all like regal? Hi. So, this week's episode, uh, I mean, like, catching up news, me and you have just got back from my brother's wedding. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, we've spent uh, a day, well, two days uh, away. Yeah, so if we sound a little bit tired, that is why. (laughs) Do we sound a bit tired? I don't know, I might. It's not as bad as when we used to do these episodes at, like, six in the morning. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, If you ever listen back to some of the older episodes, you can tell which ones we did early, because we sound really, like, groggy, like we just woke up. No, this isn't groggy, I'm just a bit, sort of, a bit tired, like, a bit drained. Yeah, you said it was quite, you said it burgered you out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess like it's um, it's a wedding in it, so uh, that is just how they are. Yeah, you just got to be around, I guess, a lot of people, uh, especially big social events like that. But you haven't done that many weddings, have you? So I know that was like my third ever wedding. I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I've been to a couple. I think maybe not. It's probably just about the same amount as you actually know that I think about it. Um. But yeah, yeah, it was all right. It was, uh, yeah, it was my brother's wedding. Um, so yeah, we did. Uh, that's it, really. There's nothing else going on this week, is there? I'm trying to think. Normally, yeah. I ask you what's been going on, but there's uh, there's been nothing else happening. I guess that was a bit of a play on the uh, burgers, though, because we had to travel. Yeah. We had to get away from home, which yeah. is a thing, and then socialize, be around people. It was quite loud and quite bright. Yeah, I suppose it was more difficult for you uh, because it was my family wedding there. You didn't know anybody there really apart from me and you've met like my mom and my dad before and that was it really, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't anybody else there? You'd never met my brother before? I'd never met your brother, no. Or like my nan or any of those sort of people. Like, So yeah, yeah, you said it was quite... Uh, you did well. I, I say you did well. You, uh, Yeah, you definitely uh, did stuff. I don't know how many people know that you're on the spectrum or could tell, because uh, a lot of them know about me. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those things that doesn't literally doesn't come up. It's not mentioned. Yeah. So I did wonder uh, if anybody knew about you. Um, but, yeah, you were talking to people uh, that you didn't know. Yeah. Chatting. Yeah, well, I really, I didn't want to, especially because I didn't know anyone, I felt like it would be worse for me to go there and then be really burger because if they didn't know which I assumed a lot of them didn't I didn't want them to think I was being uh I don't know rude or anything so I thought I'll just really go for it in trying to be like social yeah which was my aim yeah you did a lot of dancing which is something that uh I don't do I can't do dancing at weddings nightclubs and that kind of stuff there's just something about dancing that I can't do it's the um Crowds of people moving around unpredictably next to each other. It's uh, it's an odd thing. Like I can deal with like queues, and I can deal with uh, like walking through like town and that if there's loads of people, or you know being in a restaurant with loads of people in it. But there's something about dancing. I don't know because you don't know what music's gonna happen. Everybody nobody dances the same. Everybody moves around a lot. Like you don't know what to do. And also like um, I would say like with my. Um, masking and that I'm not very good at like 
I don't know. I think that's one of those things that I've never been able to get the hang of. Dancing for me doesn't really uh doesn't really make any sense. I don't really uh I don't really understand it as a as a concept, you know. Yeah. Like I get like people that do like choreographed dancing. Um you know, like music videos and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like I kind of get that because that's like a performance thing. Uh, that's like acting or doing playing an instrument. But um, yeah, just there's something weird about just music and a big like wooden floor space with loads of bright lights that suddenly makes people like dance. And I don't get what the the dancing thing is. I know you did it. You danced for quite a while. Uh, there were like bits where you were up and gone uh and dancing uh, and yeah you don't seem to have a issue with it but i find the the thing and like a lot of my like masking techniques and the things i do to appear normal um i have to have a reason or i have to understand them completely for me to be able to do them in a way that's nt yeah so yeah and dancing is one of those ones that i i still don't fully understand the uh the concept of it or why People do it, uh, especially at weddings. Everybody has to have a dance, you know, especially if people have been drinking. Uh, Suddenly when you've had some drink, you want to have a dance, you know. I, uh, It's just odd. It's just odd. And like I say, being around a bunch of people and during the amount of times I've been out there and dance and like just people just sort of knock into you and that kind of thing. And also like some people like, I suppose, critique people's dancing. So I've got that as well. Like, I have a certain way of doing it and, you know, people's like, oh, look at their dancing and look at that dancing and look at the way they do this and what that kind of thing. I always wonder, like, what it says about you is, like, sort of how you dance and then I, uh, yeah, it makes me think, oh, should I be, shouldn't I be, how should I do it? How does my, like, masking, coping mechanism technique look like in dance form? So, yeah. Oh, God, I've never thought about that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think anyone was... No, you were fine. Like I say, you just went up there and uh, and did it. Uh, there was actual bits where songs were coming on where, like with me, if I do end... So there have been rare occasions where I've been to stuff and I have danced, but um, it, it's usually because, like, I've been dragged up, you know, like yeah. three people are physically pulling me out of a chair and, like, onto the dance floor. But with you, there was just certain songs coming on and you were, like, gone. And you were like, oh, and then like, you were on the, like, dance floor. Uh, which I thought was uh, I thought was quite cool that you could do that. But uh, like I say, I've never really been to stuff with a burger before. I was saying this is the first time that I've been to something like this with someone that I knew was openly autistic. So I don't know if my whole issues with dancing um, and not like dancing like do you know what I mean like anywhere else. It's just in big groups of people. I find it odd, um, and I do find it odd. I suppose in general, but more so in big groups. But yeah, I always wondered if it was a a burger thing I was never sure how you were going to be but yeah you were away yeah I don't I don't really like dancing with people as such but like if I liked the song I you know I like I'll dance I'll have like a boogie to myself um the only thing I thought was interesting was I I wasn't having like I was enjoying it it was a bit of like effort effort sounds wrong but like you know it was taking some energy to like socialize and I was sort of like trying to come up with things like I think I was putting more thought into it than say an NT person when it comes to socializing like I'm really thinking about like what's my facial expression and what should I say next and like is the tone of my voice all right there was a lot of that and stuff but it was fine uh and like I say like I was dancing and stuff 
But then I got to a bit, and it was right at the end of the night anyway, but I got to a bit where all of a sudden the music was just too loud, the lights were too bright, just everything that was... It wasn't that it wasn't irritating me before. Like, I was still, like, before aware that there was music and the lights were a bit irritating. But that's what it was. It was just like a, this is a bit irritating. Like, it's not my preference, but it's fine. And, like, I could carry on doing stuff. But then I did get to a bit, like, at the end of the night where I, it's like I was just used all of my energy into, like, the emptiness and had just burgered out. I just, I was frazzled. And just all of a sudden, like, I... And the one thing that was really bothering me was people on the dance floor where they were, like, sort of, like, jumping. I was sat on a chair, like, on the edge of the dance floor, but I could, like, feel the the jump that when they were jumping, and that was really irritating, and it's something that I couldn't feel before. So, um... And, like, it wasn't a problem. We stayed till the end anyway. It didn't matter. Like, I wasn't... I wasn't... a like meltdowny i just was suddenly very aware of all the things that bother me like it was like i was hypersensitive to everything all of a sudden um and i was kind of feeling a bit maybe a bit shut downy like i just didn't want to i could still talk to you but talking to you is a bit different um but i had just sort of lost my ability to talk to everyone i was still trying so i wasn't i wasn't in full shutdown where i physically couldn't I just definitely just felt like, oh, I really hope no one talks to me now and I'm sort of done with talking. Yeah, yeah, I have um, I have an opposite thing. So I can deal with uh, talking to people at those sort of things because people will talk to you, uh, especially because I was the best man at this wedding. So, yeah. like, uh, people were talking to me about stuff, what was going on. Like, I have no problem with that, even talking to people that I don't know. Um and yeah weirdly with the especially at like discos and like parties and that kind of thing those kind of like flashing multicolored lights i find them like weirdly like hypnotic i will just sit and stare at them so like i don't i don't have like a issue with that like so if you put one of those like flashing lights on in front of me or we'll just sit and stare at it for like an hour or so like just space out looking at it yeah uh, especially like ones where they alternate in different colors um, I can just sit and stare at it, but like I know with you, you like the darker, dimmer lights. Yeah. Um, like you've got like a, uh, it's hard to explain what it is, but I got you this like disco bath light thing. It's like a floating light bulb. Oh, that you put in the that bath. you put in the bath, yeah. and then if you turn the main light off, like your bathroom light, and turn it on, it makes like a disco in the water. But it's not that bright. It's quite. It's not dim, but it's not like. A bright light because the light... It doesn't light the room. No, the it's... light's just shining into the water. Um, so it just makes the bath go different colours, which you enjoy yeah. um, because you find it quite soothing. But yeah, for some reason, like the bright flashing lights, I can sit and watch them. It's kind of like um, if a car was to pull up and like put its hazard lights on, I could sit and just look at the hazard lights for ages, just flickering on well, and off. I've also noticed with the bath light that you just mentioned, we have different preferences. So you can, it's got like different settings. Mm. And I think you quite like the like traditional disco one. Whereas I always, when I have it on, I put it on a setting that's, um, it does all the different colors and it goes through them, but like really slowly. So it will be blue for like five, 10 seconds. And then it will fade into green for like another five, 10 seconds, and then fade into orange or whatever. And that's my favourite of all of them. Like, I don't... 
It's not that I don't like the disco one, but I can't sit in that for very long. Like, yeah. Whereas I like it, the fading colour and changing colour, I like that a lot. So uh, I think, yeah, that is probably a difference between us. I like. I mean, my ultimate worst is white light. Any like white light bulb, white light. I know that's a really common thing, so it's not like a unique to me but yeah white light is the worst and it's something that i always notice if i'm in a room that has a white light as opposed to a slightly orange light i i always notice it and it always bothers me i think uh like i always if i go to the toilet or something i always keep the light off i never really put the light on um like when you go like nighttime or whatever or evening i suppose because live in a flat where there's not any windows in the bathroom so that's like my best example um like i don't really put lights on yeah yeah i yeah. can help it see i found it odd that the lights were annoying you that much like i say it's, it's interesting because like the sound and the light and stuff wasn't bothering me it was more the sensory everybody else around me but you had the uh yeah the opposite I mean, thing. my main thing as well, I think, like, I, it's one of those things that I probably would have struggled with more, but I think, like, there was also, it helped in a way that there was an emphasis on, like, ultimately, it was your, it was your day. Well, it wasn't your day, but, like, I was there for you, so I couldn't really kick up a fuss over myself. I mean, it was, you. it, it was your brother's day, so, like, I couldn't, I didn't want to be, like, burglary when like I didn't want to ruin your brother's day it was nice of him to invite me sort of thing so like I had that as well which I think actually kind of helped with everything like anything that would usually annoy me I just sort of like was in my head saying well don't get annoyed over that like you can't get annoyed over that because you know it's your brother's day sort of thing which I think actually probably helped like ground me yeah yeah well I kind of moves me on to what I was going to talk about today. Okay. Um, I was going to talk about, like, acceptance as a burger. So, yeah. I mean, not so much like being accepted by others, but um, like it kind of is in that thing. But, like, accepting you are a burger. Because, obviously, like, when I got diagnosed, I would say that even though I've been diagnosed a while now, I would say I have an issue with acknowledging I am. I've mentioned before that sometimes I feel like I tricked the woman into giving me a diagnosis. Um, and I still, after like loads of like different therapies, after I got diagnosed, I went into different therapies to help me accept it. Um, and there's still stuff I do now that I'm trying to make myself do and I can't do because of my Asperger's, but then I have some issues like trying to accept that. Kind of like me and the perfect job thing that I have. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm always moaning that I want the perfect job and then um, there probably won't be one for me. Uh, and it's like kind of accepting that. There'll be ones that'll be easier for me to do and ones that are hard for me to do, but there won't be the one that I think is how it works. Yeah. Um, and it's hard for me to, uh, you know deal with that I suppose and like it's the same for you uh in a sense of I think I can't remember what it was I don't think it was to do with the wedding but I don't know if it was something to do with possibly something else that happened in the week where I said it was something to do with your Asperger's and you said you didn't want to keep using it as a excuse for stuff 
Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, it's just interesting because obviously you've been you've only been diagnosed like when you diagnosed this now February. Yeah, February. But like, do you think like because I know it's something that you are and it's something you have and whatever however you want to see it like I always see it as something I am not something I have but some people see it as something they have and not what they are yeah um and there's a few people on our group uh on our Facebook group um that have said that they struggle to accept their diagnosis and they know they are but they um they're not sure. And that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons that drove me to get a diagnosis in the first place. And same with yourself is that I wasn't sure people had said it and I didn't believe them. So I thought getting an official diagnosis would make me believe it, but I wouldn't say it hundred percent did. And I'm like six years down the line now. And like things like the wedding, um, there was stuff that you, like you said, that you thought, Oh, I should talk to people and I should like make a good impression. And you know, I should get people to like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But really, like, the people that, like, so, like, the main people of the wedding, so, like, my brother, my mom, my dad, uh, I don't know about some members of my family and that kind of thing, but the key people in there, like, they're aware of, like, this podcast, they're aware that you're on the spectrum, so they get that there's, I mean, my mom even um, gave us, like, a separate key to the place we were staying, because we stayed uh, in, like, a rented apartment bit with my mom, and she gave us a key and said that if me and you need to duck out, we can duck out. Do you know what I mean? And there were parts where me and you went outside for a bit uh, and no one really, like, hassled us that much and that kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, there's that urge to keep pushing yourself. And, like, with me, it's because I forget. So, like, there's... Even though I was the best man at the wedding yesterday, there was stuff that I just didn't do because I can't do. So, like, um, I didn't really... Well, I didn't. I didn't arrange, like, a stag do. Um, and... We've got a lot of... Because um, we've got a lot of... American listeners. Yeah. What's a stag do in America? I think it's called a stag do still. Or a stag party. I think it's called a stag party. I don't think they call it that. Everyone knows. It's the thing where guys go out. So Is it a bachelor party? Oh, yeah, or a bachelor party. Yeah, yeah that's the one. one yeah. um, it's one of them. Um, so, yeah, it's it's one of those things that I, I know that you're supposed to do as the best man. Um, but, like, that's arranging, like, a social event. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it. And before diagnosis, I feel like I would have tried to force myself to do one, not being able to do it, like not being able to arrange something that's appropriate or arrange something that would have the right people there or location. And I feel like it would just be an absolute like mess Yeah, uh, that wouldn't have worked out. So I, um, I just didn't do one. And my brother didn't like expect me to do one because I think he understands so, like that's like more the accepting my brother like accepted that like that's probably in asking me to be his best man. That might be something that's not going to happen. Uh, there weren't speeches at the wedding, um, which that wasn't just a me thing. It's not like nobody gave a speech because I couldn't give one because I can do them. It's just uh, the trouble is with me is like I think because of my Asperger's, I've given speeches. At, I gave a speech at my mom's wedding uh, and I didn't prep it. Like I didn't write one. I didn't think about what I was going to say. Because I knew that if I did, it would be a nightmare. Like, if I tried to prep it, I'd freak myself out. I mean, you've done presentations at, like, uni and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The prep of it. I tried what I tried. I knew how, like, my Asperger's was going to work. So I didn't think about it. I didn't re- remind myself I was giving a speech. I didn't remind myself I was doing something. I just thought, don't think about it. And then there was a bit where I was sat at the table and they said, right, now it's a speech from Nikki. And I just stood up and just whatever came out, came out. But it went fine. It usually does when I do it that way. 
But I've learned that from my Asperger's that if I overthink stuff, then it will drive me mad. Uh, and then when I go to actually talk, I think about, try to remember what I'm doing too much, but I can't revise or retain information that way. So it all comes out weird and it's just a mess and it looks like I'm struggling. So I just start talking yeah. uh, and just saying the stuff that I think I want to say. But um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I forget that I've got Asperger's. And then there's some stuff that I try and make myself do and I realize I can't do them. And then I have to just sort of go, it's because of my Asperger's. But there's been times where I think, yeah, but really though, like, is that an excuse? Do I really have it? Like, am I really like this bad? Is it really that much of a problem? Or am I using it as a excuse to get out or something? Or am I just relying on it as a way to basically stop me from doing stuff I can't be bothered to do? Or is it a genuine, I know that I can't do it. So uh, I'm telling myself now you won't be able to. So don't even like go down like the torment of that. Yeah. And that's like an accepting like of what my, I suppose, limitations are and accepting my diagnosis and what it can and can't do for me, you know. Um, And like, obviously for me, it's been like years of being diagnosed. So it's slightly different. But for you, I know it's only been like, like, what month are we in now? (laughs) Sixth month. So you've been like four months. Yeah ish just over four months um how's it going like accepting that you are autistic i suppose like do you feel any different which i know is weird because that's like an emotional thing but is there stuff now that you are i know you because the only one you ever bring up or the one you've ever bring on this podcast is you always do that thing where you say you're you feel better now when you don't go to things so when you yeah. say to people, uh, I'm not coming to that or, you know, oh, no, do you want to come out, meet me for a drink? No, not really. I'm good. Thanks. You don't ever say it because like I said to you, well, like I said to you, like you've said, I mean, you don't tell anybody that you've got autism. The only people that you that know you've got it is anybody that listens to this podcast uh, and like close members of your family. But that's yeah. it. Like I would say that none of your friends know, like none of your work colleagues know. Um and I guess for you, that's you don't feel like people need to know because you don't feel like it has any like impact. Uh, yeah. I suppose on the in the in the capacity that they know you, so there's no point telling them. Um, but is that because you don't accept? I suppose what you are uh, or what you have, however you want to look at it, or is it just because I don't know? Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, do you, do you feel like you are a burger? Or does it just feel like it's something you've happened to have now? Because I know you forget a lot of the time you have it, but... Well, yeah, I think I... It's difficult. I think I accept the fact that I am a burger um, because of the way my brain works. Like, I think the more, like, I learn about it, and obviously I think... The more I learned about it, the more I thought that I had Asperger's. And then the getting diagnosed was kind of like the the nail in the coffin of like, okay, I, I do have Asperger's. So I think I do accept that I've got it. Uh, and there's there's so many things that like, you know, sometimes I see other people react to things. And then I think, well, why are they re-? like, I just don't understand why they're reacting a certain way. And sometimes I know someone's saying something to me to get some sort of emotional response. And I just it's almost like my brain goes, OK, and you're about to feel and then I kind of wait for it. 
and then there's nothing like I, I wait for whatever I think is going to come and it just doesn't come it's almost like I, I know I, it should happen or it's supposed to happen and then my brain doesn't or I think about situations that for a lot of people would be like really upsetting or it's you know would really spurt like bring up some sort of emotion and I know that for me it just wouldn't have that effect I think I would outwardly not to you because it doesn't really matter to you but to other people I would pretend to have some sort of an effect but it, it wouldn't like I know how I work as long as you know as long as my routine is still in place there's not really much that can bother me I suppose um and obviously like the sensory things and like all the stuff on top of it makes me think like yeah I, I have Asperger's but I think I have a hard time accepting that that limits me or can limit me like I, I definitely have a thing in my head where I think like if somebody if well I think I've said this before in the podcast if another human being can do it then I should be able to do it. Like it should be physically capable of my doing it. Not with everything. Like obviously I'm never going to be like say as fast as Usain Bolt because I'm not. Or like I'm never going to be a good singer because I'm not. I'm a bad singer. So it's not like I think like I should be able to sing like an opera singer or run as fast as the fastest person on the planet. But I think like if someone, if Usain Bolt can run 200 meters then I can run 200 meters I might not do it as well but I can physically do it if someone else can sing then I can sing I just might not do it well so I think I have this thing in my head of like if someone else can do it I can do it and therefore I should do it and I definitely have a thing in my head that says and like don't make excuses for not being able to do it and I think I probably have a bit of an issue with that because sometimes I like just because I can do it doesn't mean that it won't cause me a lot of stress um and sometimes I push myself a little bit and I don't tell people I have um or have been diagnosed with Asperger's um ever but I think the main reason for that is not so much like I, it's not that I'm ashamed of it because I'm not at all I don't think it's like embarrassing or like a problem I just think I mean, the main reason is because I'm really private, so I don't really like telling anyone anything about me. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be, like, a good thing, a bad thing, something that has no relevance. It just, I don't like telling anyone anything. But I think also part of it comes down to I try so hard to be capable of everything that I almost worry that if I tell someone that they'll think, like, oh, yeah, but she can't do that, or, like, she might struggle with that. And even though that could be the case, it's almost, I don't know, I just don't want it to, I don't want anyone to change their opinion, which is weird, because if someone tells me that they've got Asperger's, even before I even thought that I could be on the spectrum, like, when I first heard you had Asperger's, yeah, it didn't change my opinion of you at all, there was no, like, thing in my head that thought of you as lesser than, or more than, or better or worse or anything I didn't have an opinion on it I just thought okay uh so I don't know why I think that that could be the case with other people I don't know it's a yeah some people yeah some people do treat you differently when they find out I've I've definitely known people for a while before they found out and then once they found out they start 
saying stuff or treating me differently because like because my way of interacting with people is to learn like their mannerisms and like body language and the way they talk and do everything if they do change anything I pretty much pick up on it immediately that that's what they're doing um and then I start thinking why and then I just think like it's the Asperger's it's because they know about my Asperger's and that's why they're now being weird or you know kind of like trying to be too sympathetic some of them some people like they try and like pretend like they fully understand but they're kind of a little bit like I don't know I don't know what they think will happen if they don't like behave in a certain way or for some reason in their head they don't they don't think well I used to talk to him before this before I found out it's not like he's just caught it or something it's something he's always had I don't think I should be able to treat him any differently because it's not like it's not like there was a load of friction beforehand and now that I know, I know how to go about it differently. Some people I just get along with anyway, whether they know or not. But then some of those people, once they find out, they start behaving differently and I just start thinking, like, what are you doing? I think uh, with the with the wedding, for example, like that's a time where I pushed myself. There were a lot of things that I didn't really want to do, but I did because I thought, like, this will be this is something that I should do, so I will do. And that I feel, I don't want it to sound like I hated every minute of it because I didn't. I did enjoy like the dancing um, for the most part and I didn't hate everything about it. It's not like I had the a horrible time because I, I absolutely didn't. It's just, I, I did that stuff. I pushed myself and that was good and I'm glad I did. But like I say, I just got to this point where all of a sudden it's like my brain just flipped to, okay, you're done. You're done. You've pushed yourself enough. And then today, I, um, like today, we're both off work and we're just not doing anything. Like I just don't want to do anything. I feel, I feel tired, but not sort of physically tired, more just mentally tired, if that makes sense. Like I just... Just want a day of like recoup, relaxing. And I know for NT people, that's definitely a thing that happens as well. But I don't think it's the same. I, I don't think it's a, like I want a day where I just don't talk. um, Not really doing anything, not doing much outside, just staying in. um, Yeah, I just think I need like a day now to almost recover. Yeah, but... I mean, do you think like with the wedding that you forced yourself because you knew you had to, I suppose, because it's a wedding and you didn't want anyone to seem weird, especially like because nobody there knew about you, I suppose. Or do you think it's more of a, like you said, because you think that if someone can do it, you can do it. Yeah. You just thought if everybody else can like do this wedding and if everybody else can do this stuff, then I should be okay. And you just kept pushing yourself and not accepting that you are autistic and this was like a massive social event and that I guess resulted in there because like you said like you got to a point where you were done uh, and you just wanted to go because you like basically done everything you can do and like I said you now need like a day to recover from it uh, which is kind of like what we've what we're having to do like we're apart from doing this me and you were just pretty much just gonna do nothing Uh, we're just going to do the things to kind of reset yourself it's a bit almost like when people get really badly drunk and then need like the next day to get over the hangover it's almost like that like you've been at like a massive social event like for 
a lot of stuff and then like you've been at a massive social event and yesterday like we were it was from like one o'clock till midnight that we were in groups of people in fact probably before that because we were staying in my mom's apartment so that's like basically from when we got there on friday night to when we got back yeah or when we left this morning you had to be in like a social event for that kind of thing and apart from being asleep you were pretty much around people that whole time which is fine you know you do that at work but i guess at work there's a set way of doing everything so it's different this is like an unorthodox just it's more social like at work you there's certain times you can talk not talk you've got to do work not do work you know that kind of thing yeah this is one of those things where it's kind of like being on a break with you know like if you go on your lunch and there's a load of work friends around it's like being on a permanent one of them for like a day and a bit you know because there's no structure we did have times that we had to be everywhere but because it was a wedding it was just a lot of talking and chatting and like you know we we went from like staying with my mom and my mom's husband and um you know their son uh well not their son my mom's husband's son uh and during like you're in an apartment with them and there's talking and that kind of thing which was fine the night before that you'd had dinner with my dad my brother my mom my mom's husband uh and my mom's husband's kid uh do you mean like into like going to an apartment yeah to then like you went to bed and got up and then we spent with them then we went to my brother's apartment which there was like three people there that you'd never met before yeah uh so then there was hanging out with them and then there was a photographer floating about taking pictures of stuff and then it was from that to the wedding which you know that's loads of people all of a sudden everywhere um and because like you were my plus one uh, I there were bits where I'd have to go up to the ceremony and get ready with my brother and you were left downstairs with like basically people you kind of knew but didn't know you know and then I don't know like do you 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 did that but then like you need today to get over that <laughs> um, because it was quite a lot which obviously NT people don't need that they can just carry on like I imagine there's loads of people that I I've been to weddings where the day after the wedding um, you know everybody meets for breakfast yeah. and then just hangs out and talks about the day and then carry on doing the social thing for a bit longer. Um, but do you feel like, I mean, do you understand why you need a day of nothing? Does that make you think it's because I'm autistic that like, I can't do another day of that. I need like a get over it day I to reset myself or does in your head, do you even think about like, this is because I'm autistic that I now need this day to recover from it. Or do you just think, nah, I just need a day now of like relaxing? At any point, does it enter your head that it's it's because of your autism that you need this this day of nothing? I don't know. Do you ever I link just... the two? That's what I'm saying. There's... No, I don't think I do link the two. Because there's behaviours that we both have that are straight up um, reactions to our autism. You know, there's yeah. things me and you do day in, day out. There's situations we avoid. And sometimes like it's involuntary sometimes i will just avoid something because i know i can't cope with it but in my head i don't think it's the autism i just think that's just something i don't cope with and just stay away from it whereas like i know for a lot of nt people the situations that they know they don't deal with but they just sort of go but like let's just get it over with and then i can go back to normal whereas for me the stuff i just openly like move away from and just won't go near because i know what will happen but like when you've had those situations um like last night when you got to the point where you'd burnt out, do you think that's it? Like my Asperger's is now like become too, I don't know, not irritated, but you know, like it's become too agitated or 
my autism is now has become too much. Kind of like how meltdowns work, where you, you're fine, but then a buildup of stuff throughout the day is adding on top of it until eventually it like topples over and you have like a meltdown. Do you feel like that's kind of what this was? Like you social, do you like, you have like a limited like ability of socializing being on somebody on the spectrum. And it's, it, it's, you know, like it's not unlimited. It will just at some point run out and then you're, do you know what I mean? Like you're burnt out like you were. When you became last night where you got to that point where you were burnt out, do you feel like, oh, it's because of my autism this? Or did even autism even enter your head? When I it happened, I don't know. I think, like in in hindsight, I would say it's because of my autism. So yeah, I think it. I think that was the reason. But I don't know if that's the thing that came into my head. I think it came. I think it did come into my head, but more because this podcast has helped me be more aware. Right. Like I feel like this podcast has really helped with my awareness of things I do that are probably linked to my autism, as opposed to just things I do. I think. If we didn't do the podcast, I probably would have just thought like now I'm really tired and I need a day off. But I think I've got a lot better at understanding myself, um, which actually the thing that you were talking about the other day where I said I do, I was sick of making excuses. I was in a bad mood, like I'd let something happen that I shouldn't have let happen. But with my Asperger's, perhaps that's the reason. I'm not sure. I should have said no to something that I said yes to and then it ended up in something bad happening just because I couldn't say no when I knew I should have. So at the time when I got asked the question that I should have said no to, my head was saying, you need to say no, say no, say no. But then my mouth just sort of went, yeah, fine, okay, that's okay. And I was really annoyed at myself. But one thing that I think, I think this is like linked to my autism is being able to separate my feelings and uh, I don't know how to describe this being able to know what my feelings are towards something um maybe I don't know if I'm saying this right but I'm quite logical and I think I I think um the like the accepting of autism the more I've accepted it the more I've been able to understand why I am doing certain things and you were coming to meet me for my lunch break and I did message you and I just said don't meet me I'm in a bad mood and I don't want to take it out on you which like it doesn't I don't really get in bad moods very often but like I'm very aware when I'm going when I am in a bad mood or I'm going to be uh, not as pleasant to be around like I'm aware of it and I think like when I met you I was annoyed but I was annoyed at myself and I was I was able to I think like say what I needed to say but also say to you like and this has nothing to do with you this is like to do with me and my problem and I'm not I don't want to like make it your problem or take it out on you and then I calmed down because I was done yeah and I was fine but I feel like that comes from my acceptance now it's something that before I wasn't good at so before thinking of myself as autistic I think I had this big confusion in my head about how I should react to things so when I was overreacting to things that I shouldn't overreact to I would be a lot more it would probably work me up more because then I'd start getting really angry at myself for being like in my head being stupid because I'm 
and taking something I'm getting annoyed by something I shouldn't be annoyed at and then I'm also getting annoyed at myself for being annoyed at something that I shouldn't be as like wound up over as I am and then also on the other side of it things that I knew I should be a certain way about and I wasn't being upset or annoyed about it I would then try to make myself annoyed or upset about it because I felt like I should but I think I've become more accepting of the way I feel about things both the overreacting and underreacting and I think that has helped me a lot like I feel like I have become a lot better at dealing with the way I feel because I think I'm accepting that it's now okay to overreact to certain things like it's not it's not ideal but that's just the way I am. So I am going to overreact to things that wouldn't bother most other people. And I am also going to not have any feelings towards certain things that for perhaps like NT people, they would have feelings to. But I think that's come from accepting. So I would say as much as I push myself, I've got a level of acceptance that's happened in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Um it does seem to, you do, yeah, like I say, it's, it's just a thing, like, I suppose, like, a level of acceptance, I mean, because you do do stuff now that you, after you've done it, go, oh, I know why I've done that, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and it does make it easy for you to, because I know before you were diagnosed, sometimes you do stuff that I would say was, like, a, a proper, like, standard autistic overreaction to a situation, and I'd understand why you were doing it but I know there'd be a bit of you that was like really embarrassed after it happened yeah definitely and you'd be constantly apologizing for it and like feel bad about it and like even like if I was like it's fine don't worry about it it's fine like then like three hours later you'd be like I'm so sorry about what happened earlier and like you were like that all the time um and then obviously after you were diagnosed I think because you understand where it's coming from and what it means I feel like you're a bit better with it so sometimes you still do the apologizing a lot yeah um but then there's other times where you uh don't seem to uh as much or you get it um and yeah but i just i just wonder if if it is because you think it's because of my autism um like and that's that's fine like that's just what i am it's just who i am now like well i say now it's just you understand who you are so it makes things easier i think Regard, there's like a unique situation, I suppose, for me and you in this sense is that um, because we both are, so there's this stuff that you do that I know why you're doing it, and so I just choose to ignore it. So sometimes you have like massive overreaction, like outbursts of stuff, yeah, where like you're proper screaming and freaking out and doing stuff. And like in the past, before you were diagnosed, I would have said that I, uh, just think that you're having like a serious like emotional response to it and I would I would say I was like genuinely concerned so like I'd start thinking that something really bad has happened and it needs sorting and I'd try and fix it these days because I've accepted I suppose your autism mm. and the way your autism works now I just let you basically do what you're gonna do yeah so I let you have your screaming and you're freaking out and you're going nuts and that kind of thing because with you after about 10 minutes, it completely disappears. And sometimes your reaction to stuff is that it's like the end of the world. And the, like, yeah, I know. And the thing that's happened is going to change our lives forever. Yeah. And it's completely a mess. 
and everything's screwed up and like everything's going to be like turmoil and messed up and chaos. But then after about 10 minutes of letting you just vent, you just go, eh, it doesn't matter. I know. And uh, it happens every time, even with things that are actually kind of bad. I mean, most of the time it's just with things that are not even relevant at all. But sometimes when it's actually something that's kind of bad, it's the same. Like I'll be really bad, but honestly, I don't think any of them really have lasted longer than 10 minutes. It's a weird thing with me. 10 minutes and then I go, it's fine. It's fine. You know, like things like if I, like my purse gets like stolen. I've had that before. My purse got stolen. 10 minutes, I was like, ah. 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh, it's fine. I guess I'll cancel my cards. But like when you're, because you still do the thing where you've had the massive rant. So I'm okay. Like I, I get where it's coming from. I just let it go. I don't care. But then you, on the other hand, will have a brief period after where you keep saying you're sorry. And yeah, I, I didn't mean to do that. And I don't know what happened. And I don't know where it came from. And, oh, you know, and that kind of thing. But like when you're saying that, like, do you... I know you genuinely do feel bad, but is there any part of you that just thinks, like, it's my autism, like, whatever? Like, do you ever feel like, especially when you're doing it with me, that there's no need to really apologise after? I, yeah. Because, like, I know where it's coming from. I mean, do you know that's where it came from? I don't know. Because so, like, I don't you, know when... why I'm always... I know I apologise to you, but I don't think that I often... I don't think I really, like, say anything bad to you. Like, I don't get annoyed by something and then start telling you that, you know... Yeah, I know. So, I don't know why I apologise as much as I do. I think it would make sense more if I started calling you, like, horrible names or did something like that, but I'm not sure. I think I just... I think I just feel a bit... I think it comes from embarrassment a bit, and I think I just sort of want you to have forgotten that it's happened, which I don't know why I think by keeping bringing it up that that will happen uh but i do i do accept that that's kind of i am or i'm becoming more accepting of that's just a part of like my asperger's i think it's a process but i think it's good to accept it i think it's better to be accepting of it than to not which i don't think is the same thing as using it as an excuse for everything because there are things that i'm capable of there's things that I shouldn't do because it's pushing myself too far. So I don't think that it's with, I don't think with everything I should go, no, you have to do this because that's the norm or whatever. But I do think there's certain things where I could do it and it's not that bad. And we all have to do things we don't like sometimes, so the NT or not. So I do think that. But I think it's quite interesting because you, I think, are more accepting than I am I would say um what of myself like I think you are quite aware of things that you can do and things you can do but are going to cause you a lot of stress and I think you're better at avoiding the lot of stress ones not that you will never do them because you will if you you know if it has to be done but for the most part, you're quite good at going, no, I'm not doing that because that's going to stress me out. I suppose the thing that I suppose works for me in a sense is I have like a hindsight kind of thing with it. So there are things that I have done in the past that I, when I think about it, think I was either like some sort of let down to someone or I let somebody down by my behaviour 
by either not doing something that I should have done or saying or doing something I shouldn't have done. Um, And also there's things I've done in the past that at the time when I think about them, I like, you know, relive them over in my head a little bit and I become like embarrassed by like my behavior. Um, So I have more that. So like, for example, not that I was embarrassed, but this wedding this weekend, there's things that I think, oh, should I have done that? Shouldn't I have done that? Should I have sorted this? Um, Was that my responsibility? You know, and I can't tell. I can't tell what is and what isn't. And there's things, I'm sure there's loads of people as well that listen to this, that when you think about some things you've said to people or done, like a lot of the time in like relationships or interactions with family and that kind of thing, that you think like, oh, why did I do that? So for me, it's it's more of an accepting thing, I suppose, because when I, now that I'm diagnosed, sometimes now I can look at stuff I did even pre-diagnosis and just think, that's why I did that, or that's why that happens. And it makes you feel a bit better. I feel like less guilty or um, I feel like less like I did something wrong or that like it was embarrassing or I shouldn't have said what I did or did what I did. Uh, I like to think like I did what I did because I can't help what I did. Yeah. Uh, and that makes me accept it. There's always like sometimes I don't. Sometimes I think like, or am I just saying that as an excuse, you know, because there are times where I think I don't have autism at all. Uh, and then when I'm trying to like look over my own behavior, I think, why have I behaved that way? But then there are times where I um, I feel bad for something I've done or I've got into trouble at work or something like that. Or I've fallen out with somebody and then when I think about it again or like reflect on it, I think, oh yeah, no, I did that because of this and because of my autism. And then I feel better. I accept that my autism is the thing that made me behave that way. Yeah. And I understand that when it, especially with me, when it comes to autism stuff, it doesn't matter how many times I have a go at something, I'll, um, I'll just do it the same way. Like, yeah. The wedding at the weekend, like everything I did, I would have done the same way, like given the choice to do it again. Say next weekend, there was like a rerun of it. I can't imagine I'd have behaved any differently. Um, whereas before diagnosis or before knowing I was autistic, I'd drive myself mad with that fact that I'd have to just keep doing it and doing it and yeah. doing it. And there's loads of stuff in my life where I've done something and thought, oh, if only I got another go at that, I would have done a lot better. I would have taken more advantage of a situation or I would have done this more. And then it makes me feel like I've like there was a missed opportunity and I've like ruined the one shot. Because there's some stuff I've done in my life that you only get like one go at it. And like I used to think like, oh, I've messed this up now. Like I, I can't do it. But then now with the autism, I accept that there's certain situations that I just, it won't matter what happens or what I know I'm supposed to do or not supposed to do. I, I just... I would do it the same way again over and over again. And that for me like has some sort of like comfort, I suppose. Yeah. Because I feel less bad. I'm a bit of someone that can ruminate on like previous events and start rethinking if only I had another chance at doing that. It could have been better. You know, I could have done a lot more. I should have done more. Why shouldn't, why didn't I do this? I used to do that a lot. Um, and I couldn't understand why. Because some stuff I would go into it thinking this is what I need to do. I need to make sure I say this, make sure I get this done, you know, make sure that this is everything that needs to happen. And then I'd go straight into it and do none of that. And then come out the other end and just think, what just happened? Why did I not ask that person this question? Why did I not put myself here? Why didn't I do that? Why, what is wrong with me? Like 
now it's I, I more accept it I think like it, it doesn't matter I'm fully aware of the fact that that is how I behave it's kind of like um like what I do for a living and like that kind of thing there's loads of people like my age that like have got like a, a much better paid job or you know what I mean like they've got married or they've had children they've got a mortgage you know like a, all that stuff and there's there's times where I think like why haven't I done any of that like it, it's weird when we went to being at this wedding alone talking to like some of my relatives and some of my brother's friends like I do feel like everyone's moved to that like next level of like growing up yeah. and I stay where I am and talking to some people when they started asking me what I do for a, a job and that kind of thing like I, I, the old me would have been a bit like um yeah like I, I I'd just be a bit like oh you've just told me that you're like a a doctor and you know like you've got like three kids and like you know you got married and you've got like a mortgage and um do you know what I mean like you've you've done this and done that and this is happening and then they ask me and I'm just like um you know so I don't really do stuff but then when I compare what I've actually managed to do I suppose with having autism and especially going undiagnosed because going undiagnosed and trying to like live an NT life when you're not diagnosed yeah. uh, is difficult yeah. uh, because we've said before like I feel like the world is geared towards the NT so when you're not and you don't know you're autistic and nobody else knows you're autistic. Everything is a lot more, it's a lot harder. So like anything like that's an achievement that would be like a really basic achievement for, I suppose, somebody not on the spectrum to achieve it as like, like getting through school without a diagnosis, you know, getting a job and keeping a job, you know, and you don't know that's like good, like maintaining any sort of like relationship with someone. That's These are like basic things that if you were NT... Um, they're considered like, you know, average yeah. things that people do. But when you're on the spectrum and if you make these sort of achievements, they're achievements. But you have to be accepting of your own autism to see these things as achievements. And before diagnosis, I would say that a lot of the stuff I'd done, I saw as like uh, nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like nothing special. Like everything was dead end. And I was like an underachiever and wasn't really doing much. And like, you know, a bit of a layabout slacker type you know yeah. that had like no ambition no drive no nothing um but once you accept the autism um you realize that you do have drive but it it works completely different and it drives you to do things that other people do without even thinking about it yeah so you know what i mean like so you, ha you have that so that's made things easier because i guess i because trouble is with my masking and like that kind of thing and that sort of behavior that i do I compare myself a lot to a lot of other people that I know. So when I talk to other people, because I have to imitate them and, you know, do my NT personality thing, um, I try and mimic what they're doing. And then, do you know I mean, when I see common patterns and for some reason asking people what you do for a living and then being interested in their job and that kind of thing is something that NT people do. So I always feel like I need to have like an interesting job or I need to have an interesting like life story to talk about because that's what NT people do when they talk to each other um and then I find that in comparison to what NT people consider like do you know what I mean like impressive or good or that kind of thing is nothing with what I you know it doesn't line up with what I'm actually doing yeah so then I get a bit weird and I don't know what to say or do or you know and sometimes in the past when I talk to people I don't know I just out and out lie I just tell them you know 
something mental about myself that wasn't true because I knew yeah. I'd have to do that. I wouldn't tell him like my actual um, things. But then equally, I wouldn't say, oh, yeah, I've I, you know, my life's nothing special, but I am autistic. So what are you going to do? Like, I'd never do that either. Like, just sort of go, don't judge me by yeah. what I do. So what I tend to do now is I don't talk about like normal achievements. In fact, if anything, I avoid it when people I think a lot of people yesterday asked me what I did for a living and what have I been up to. And I just kind of went, ah, you know, this and that. Not much, really. Usual stuff. Didn't go into too much detail because uh, I know that if I start going into detail, I start overanalyzing it. I start comparing what they've said to what I've said. And I start having this thing. But like I accept like my autism in a sense for that kind of stuff. So I, I just thought, um, don't bring it up. And then we won't have to go to that conversation. And then it won't be something you'll like think about too much later on. Yeah, I think um, I think it's interesting. I don't because it's something that we brought up ages ago. We did a episode called Relationships, and it was on. It wasn't just on romantic relationships. It was on relationships with people in general, fam, fam, familial. What? Uh, I think that means like family, like <laughs> right. <laughs> familial relationships, romantic relationships, friendships, anything like that. But I think one of the things that came up in that, and I think it was then, was when you were talking about your ex-girlfriend um, who was NT, and not just NT, was, uh, well, is. She's still she's still going. Uh, but she's really... <laughs> sorry. She's really, like, social. Really, really social. In fact, one of the most social people I think I've ever come across in my life. Oh, yeah, she literally talked to anyone. Yeah, talk will talk to anyone, will be friends with anyone, will make friends all the time. Yeah, like an uh, example of this, she went to a gig once on her own because I wouldn't go with her. Uh, and she made like seven new friends. She came back from it and there's all these new people that she was just friends with. Went to a gig by herself, went in, got dancing with people, got to know people. Like, she's like, oh, I met all these cool new people that were all like her friends on Facebook. She went to dinner with like a coffee with a couple of them. And yeah. I was just like, how? How have you done this? Yeah, I and she's also super loud, like another example. We were meant to meet her and her new boyfriend. Well, not new anymore, but her and her boyfriend. We were meant to meet them for coffee. We went to the shop, which was a bit up the road from the coffee shop. And we were about to message to see if she was there yet. But then we could hear her yeah. <laughs> just shouting down the high street to her partner about something. And we were like, oh, she's there. She's really loud. Um and I know you said there were a couple of times where she would want you to do something with her yeah. uh, that involved socialising, so not just with her, but with other people as well, and you didn't want to. And I think this is where it's tricky to decide, or I don't think there is necessarily a right or wrong in what we're talking about is acceptance, so it's not specifically this, but there's the difference between pushing yourself and then not and staying in the comfort zone. And I don't think that there's necessarily one that's like the right or wrong decision. I think it's a bit iffy because with that, there was always the, I think what I mentioned on the podcast then was the difference in that is that for her to not go out and to stay in with you doesn't cause any anxiety and stress. But for you to go out with her like she wants to would have caused you anxiety and stress. But equally, there's got there's like some sort of balancing out there. Like if you're constantly saying no, which you're within your rights to do, but that's gonna you know make her a bit upset. 
and if she's constantly staying in to keep you happy, again, like she's gonna be. Yeah, she a, was like massive extrovert. So yeah, yeah, if we stayed in all the time, she started getting a bit like, Ugh, let's go, let's go see people, let's have people round, or let's go do this. Yeah. So I feel like staying in the comfort zone all the time might be the best thing for you, but then it could cause problems in your relationship. So it could cause you like problems down the line, perhaps. I, I just think that's a key, like a good example of when things, sorry if this sounds really like random, but I don't know, it just made me think of that in the acceptance because no. that's an area where you could push yourself and go out with her and it would be good because it would make her happy. But, you're going to have some anxiety and stress from it. Or you could stay in the comfort zone and not have the anxiety and stress, but, you know, be messing with, like, making someone else, like, maybe annoyed or upset or whatever. And I think there's... I don't think there's, like, a right or wrong to that. I think, like, the preference... Like, my preference would always be to just stay in and stay in my comfort zone. But I think sometimes, like... I guess most any times that I do push myself, generally it's for someone else. I don't think I often do it, yeah, on my off my own back. But like, if I, I think, have to, I think you're supposed to leave the comfort zone. I remember seeing an article, yeah. about it saying that if you're on the spectrum, you can't just stay in it all the time because it's not good for you to stay in it constantly. Uh, and I've noticed that I've gone periods of time where I've stayed in it all the time. Uh, and it makes it harder to do the things. There's stuff I used to be able to just do, no problem. And then, like, weirdly, um, going into shops that I've not been into before because I know they've got something I want. If I do it frequently, I'm fine. But say I go, like, a month of not doing that, like, going through that door for the first time is is hideous. Like, yeah. I sometimes I just can't do it. I have to proper psych myself up to go do it. Um, and yeah, this article kind of said that you can't live in your comfort zone because it'll start shutting down like abilities you have and things you need to do. But I think you need to judge it, I suppose, like you said, like you should know really how you're feeling that day or that yeah, time definitely. to do something. Because there's sometimes where I can just go and do something that I just think, oh, that's pretty good. I just went and did that. But there's times where it's just not happening. Yeah. Like it's it's not going to in a million years. And I think like you've got the problem of the other way. There's if you keep yourself away from stuff and you could do it, then, you know, you're missing out on loads of stuff you could be getting on with. Like, as much as autistic awareness is, like, on the rise, like, there's still so much stuff that is is not easy for those on the spectrum to do. But if, you, if you're if you in, like, a, a good mindset and you think you can go do it, then go do it. Do you know what I mean? Even, like, with you and the, the wedding, like, you went, you did it, you danced, you talked to loads of different people. Like, nobody thought you were reclusive. Nobody thought you are like, I would say that nobody there would have even guessed you're on the spectrum. Yeah. But obviously, like you said, you've got to now have, like, a super burger day today. Yeah. Like, this whole time we've been doing this episode, you've been, like, you've had your weighted blanket on you the whole time we've been doing this. Yeah. Um, And it's stuff like that. That's your thing. But then you shouldn't be someone that, if you can't accept, if you haven't accepted that you're autistic and understand that you are, you can't keep then forcing yourself yeah. into stuff all the time, even though it's bad for you now because you've not had any downtime. You've not accepted that your autism causes like certain limitations or you need to recover like you're doing. So like, say, imagine you didn't accept you're autistic. You didn't accept the the wedding of yesterday. And then today we went and did a whole new load of social stuff. Yeah, like day. say we went to another event today. Yeah. That would have been too much. And I think like you made a really good point there um about uh being like in the right mindset for it as well like I think like I knew 
So prior to going to the wedding, I'd sort of already decided that I wanted to be a certain way. Like I wanted to be quite as social as like I felt comfortable with. I was never going to be, like I wasn't going to talk to every single person in the room, but I, I definitely wanted to not be a recluse. I did have that in my head. I wanted to be a certain way and I wanted your sort of the family like your brother for example and your mum like people that knew that I was on the spectrum or whatever I didn't want them to see me and think like that they needed to in not that I think they would have but in any way like change anything or adapt anything for me because that wasn't like their responsibility and you know I didn't want to I didn't I didn't basically want any like focus to be on me not that I think it would have been but just just in case that's not what I wanted I didn't want anything to be adjusted or anything like that so I I already had in my head like the way I wanted to be and I think I put myself in like a mindset that made it okay like a big thing that helped me with that was I never ever ever wear makeup like at all or really do anything my hair or like get dressed up or anything and for the wedding like I did look a full face of makeup and did my hair and put a dress on and wore heels and I think for me like that was almost a barrier it was kind of like I was putting a mask on to help me pretend to be someone else or is kind of how it felt to me and I did that was something I was really focused on I really wanted my makeup to be right it's not something that I usually care about but for me like putting that on and getting it right meant that I could almost behave in a like a different way it was like I was playing dress up as someone else or something so that was something that helped and yeah like I had my I was trying to get in the right mindset things that like potentially could have bothered me I just like I I'd feel it I'd feel like a little bit annoyed for or whatever for like a second and then I was just like you know I was trying to do deep breaths and then I was like saying to myself my head like this isn't the end of the world you'll be okay and then just carried on um which I think really helped but I think that wouldn't have been the case if I hadn't been in the right mindset like if I'd been if I was already like exhausted from having like a heavy day of socializing to push myself to do it again would have been a really bad idea and would have probably led to a meltdown so I think that was like a really good point of I think it is good to push yourself sometimes I just I don't think you should do it all the time and I think they're definitely like you say should should be like a good you should be in a good place before you do it don't like push yourself feel really bad and then push yourself more yeah i think that's a good part of accepting i think you're right yeah that's a good point well done (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like kind of made the point but you uh you flushed it out you flushed it out (laughs) 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 right that's it for this week yeah. yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening once again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like loads of messages again this week. We've had loads of uh, new people in the group. Um, yeah, we have. Yeah. It's uh. It's all still going well. Everything seems to go fine. Like uh. We've obviously like cause we've had the wedding this weekend. We've been a bit. Not. I've I've kind of checked stuff on the group, but. Not that much. I think at one point me and you were both doing it at the same time, which was interesting this week. I noticed that you were checking stuff in the group while I was at the same time. Ah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Um, we've got some new, well, obviously we've got new episodes coming up, but we've got some things planned. Um, one of them that we were talking about, actually, that I feel like I kind of want to 
see what the reaction is to it on here. So I was going to ask. Right. Uh, we were going to do like another relationships episode like the one that I just spoke about, but we were going to do it like more specifically on romantic relationships and like boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, couples. We were going to do one like specifically on that, but I just want to see what like people's thoughts were on whether or not we should do that. Just because our relationships one was, uh, it's our most listened to episode like ever. And I don't know, uh, if that's something that people would be more interested in. Because in that one, we didn't... We talked a little bit about it, but not like... Yeah, it was like the second episode as well. So it was back when our podcast was a bit... New. Yeah. Like yeah. The way we did it was different. Uh, there's a bit where we do... I think, actually, I remember the relationship one because there's a bit towards the end where I completely zone out and forget that you're talking uh, and I'm just quiet. And you say something and I go, what? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it won't be like a better to do like a better. Now we've got like the hang of doing this now. Yeah. Um, Sorry for no video last week as well. Uh, We normally do it on the day we're going to post it, but I can't remember why we didn't. And then all week we just kept saying, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. And then it just didn't, it just didn't get done. So we're going to do a video this week. Yeah. And we'll put up a picture of us at the wedding. Yay. Is there a picture? I've got one. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, there's a picture of that as well. Uh, which will go on our, you know, very dusty, very cobweb-ridden Instagram account that never gets anything added to it. So, yeah, maybe I'll just give you the login for that and you can post pictures. Yeah, and we'll put it on Facebook as well, on the group. Mm. But yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, like I say, thanks again for everyone that's listening. Uh, it's good. Like I say, we're getting loads of new people all the time, which is awesome. If you've got any messages you want to send to us on the Facebook group, go for it. And we've got an email address, which is themaspergers at gmail.com if you want to email any questions or just want to say stuff. Uh, If you want to write a review, write reviews. Uh, You can do them on anything. The Apple Podcast one's got a review thing. Uh, Facebook group's got a review. Don't think you can do it on Spotify. Google Podcast has one. But yeah, um, yeah, write us some reviews up because we like the reviews. Scarlett really likes the reviews. I love them. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's it. That's it for this week. Thank you. Bye.